On this episode, we will be discussing the holy mixture of a man and a DeLorean, the Mandalorian, because this is the way. So if you've not been living under a rock, you should already know that The Mandalorian came out on Disney Plus on launch day, and it has about six, seven episodes now, uh, and it is amazing. So let's start off the top with that. It's amazing. There's no way around that. But let me give you some backstory and a little bit of information about it to decide whether or not this show is for you. So... It came out on November 12th, 2019, the same day that Disney Plus launched. And if you don't really know what it's about, that's okay. Um, the trailers didn't give a ton of it away. Just that it was kind of close to a Western, kind of close to a samurai movie. And that trailer is absolutely 100% correct. This movie is absolutely a Western or samurai movie. A mixture of both. I believe there was a, a samurai movie like The Ronin and the Pup, um, which is a really good example. And it's just got Western themes throughout. I mean, heck, even the Mandalorian's armor sounds like spurs as he's walking. So you're sitting there watching and going, yep, this is a Western. Yep, this has totally got everything that is key about a western from music to theme to the way the characters interact so how do those characters interact let's talk a little bit about the plot all right there i'm not going to give it a lot of spoilers even though we're you know several episodes in i don't want to spoil it um because i feel like the at the end of every episode you go "Ooh, i need to watch another episode which makes for good television and to spoil it, it's kind of a jerk move. So, it is about a Mandalorian who is a bounty hunter, if you're unfamiliar with the Star Wars universe. And really, it sounds weird, but that's about all I'm going to give you. Everything else past that, I feel like is super spoilers. Um, They take bounties and they go bounty hunting. And it is not Boba or Jango Fett that we know of. And it happens after the uh, fall of the Empire, but before the rise of the New Order. Um, so you're set right between Jedi and the Force Awakens. So you're in that kind of unknown time period. So they can kind of just do a lot of things in that time zone because you're not expecting it to like, oh, hey, these characters are going to show up or hey, this is going to happen. So when characters do show up or ideas are become present, it makes it feel even like, oh, that's kind of awesome. And it feels good. Um, and let me say that this show is not like self-congratulatory. It's not sitting there going, hey, check out this. Hey, have you seen this reference? Hey, what about this reference? There's a couple big things, but even those aren't self-congratulatory. They're just like, this is part of the plot. And yes, there are some, you know, ties to other things within the franchise, but it not doesn't have that, that issue that like Rogue One had, 
Rogue One where you see like the two bar patrons from Moss Eisley and you're going, hmm, that didn't need to be in this movie, but you did it anyway, huh? All right. Or the fact that Darth Maul appears in the at the end of Han Solo or Solo, and you're sitting there going, okay, also unnecessary, but again, you did it anyway. This so far hasn't had that. I mean, you have, you know, you have all the Star Wars trappings of the different races and different factions and things like that, and it feels good, and it feels natural. So, I think that actually is a good pivoting point from plot-wise to talking about the director and why he's got a good eye for movies. It's actually John Favreau. Um, now, that name, I was like, oh, that yeah, that name sounds familiar. Okay, cool. Because um, I'm not a super, like, movie buff. Um, so if you want movies, that's a whole different podcast that I can recommend. So, but John Favreau is actually Happy Hogan from some of the, several of the Marvel films. And as soon as I read that, I was like, oh, that's why I know his name. And he's done other shows. Um, it, it's just kind of cool that this character is a writer as well. Or this writer as a character, however you want to word it. And the writing is awesome. It doesn't mince words. It doesn't like just throw out plot points constantly. It's a show that each episode feels kind of contained. And you go, cool. I'm looking forward to the next episode. But it's not like it relies upon every previous episode except for a few key things. So, I, I think that's what actually works well, is the fact that, again, it's not self-congratulatory. It's not sitting there constantly going, hey, remember this? Hey, remember that? Hey, this, that, this. It, it's self-contained. There are things that the the Star Wars fan will notice, but it's not, like, in your face. Like, a character has a Kaminoan patch, or... You know, there may be a character race or species and you're going, hey, I recognize that one. But it's not like it's in the background going, yo, you remember those dudes who were like part of like three seconds of movie history? Yeah, we're going to go ahead and tell you where they were before that. And they mentioned that they're going here. So when it happens in that movie, you're going to go, oh, no, none of that. Um, they write the characters, in my opinion, flawlessly. Um, the Mandalorian, um, if you don't know, is like a race culture. And they, this particular group doesn't believe in taking off their helmet. So it kind of gets that Judge Dread treatment with Carl Urban, where he just doesn't remove his helmet. You see that at one point he does, but you never see the actual actor, which... I think really, really works. Again, it's it's like Judge Dredd or Dredd, um, for lack of, uh, for differentiation. Dredd, the character, never takes off his helmet. Because that is part of the character. The helmet is part of the character. So for this character, the Mandalorian's armor, well, it is the character. It could be really anyone under there, but Pedro Pascal does an amazing job at delivering that western, gritty, gravelly kind of delivery, where he, all of his movements are fluid and smooth and slick. Everything about this screams, hey, 
this honestly, if we expanded the universe and kept it going and kept the writing on par, we could have a series that really could do, uh, could, we could run Game of Thrones a run for its money. Game of Thrones died in its later seasons, but this one has that strength to go, hey, we're building kind of a new world here. Yeah, you kind of know where it's going to end up, but there's a big span of time, about 20-ish years, between this point and this point, and it's a vacuum. We can honestly do whatever we want as long as we keep some of the main themes going, because we're not going to write out the new trilogy or anything like that. So I, I think it really works. The writing is excellent. The acting is amazing. This latest episode has a character played by Gina Carano. And the whole time I was like, cool, like this is believable. You know, you see some shows and you're going, all right, cool. Or, okay, this is a TV tie-in with a huge movie franchise. All right, cool. It's not going to have as good of budget or effects. No, they, they, they went all out. This was Disney Plus's flagship. Like, as much as Zelda was the flagship for the Switch, this was Disney Plus's like, hey, yo, you want to watch The Mandalorian? It's going to be good. You should sign up for Disney Plus. And honestly, even if this is the only thing you watch on Disney Plus, I honestly think it would be worth buying at least some time on it just to watch the show. Because truthfully, this is one of the best shows that I've seen on starting date for a streaming platform. Every other platform is kind of like, eh, okay, sure, you got The Office, whatever. But this one, it's like, hey, yo, here's a huge franchise. You get a whole series. And it may not be a long series, per se, but, man, it gives you hope for what's going to happen in the future. There's not, like, anything that they just jammed in there because we got to meet this informational quota or anything like that. No, everything serves a purpose. Everything. There, I can't think of a single thing that didn't have a purpose. Everything is written with a way that it's going to be resolved. It doesn't feel like it's being made up on the fly or forgotten. Everything ties in. And so, honestly, I think that's where its strength is. The strength is also in the acting. The acting is on par. It's amazing. Characters actually interact like, hey, they're actually supposed to interact. Not through any convoluted, feels like they're acting sort of things. And that sounds really weird to describe it as, it doesn't feel like they're acting when we all know they're acting. But I think that's the hallmark of good acting. When you can't sit there and go, mm, that line delivery didn't feel good. And honestly, when I sit and watch TV shows or movies... I honestly find myself subconsciously doing that, going, mmm, didn't like that delivery. Ooh, that line was not good. That was kind of a crunchy line. Or, mmm, those effects were not good. But even The Mandalorian's effects are good. CGI looks on point. Every race, every robot or android, they look like they actually belong there. They don't feel like they've just been photoshopped in or anything like that. They feel like the characters are 
actually interacting with it. And, you know, you could say that's through advancement of technology, but it's also partially the acting. Being able to act with a sock puppet, you know, as a stand-in for a droid or for an alien, it's good. Some of the early, you know, some of the prequel films, sometimes you're going, mmm, that effect doesn't look good, or it, it kind of just doesn't fit. Not to say it's bad, it just doesn't quite fit. Feels like, ooh, the shadow maybe isn't right, or things like that. They took their time. They took their time with The Mandalorian and went, we're only going to get one shot at selling this series. And they took their shot, and I think it was, you know, nothing but net, truthfully. Um, So I could highly recommend it. The music gives you that feel of, this is a Western. And that's what it's supposed to be. It makes the music feels in place thematically, but also within the Star Wars canon. It feels like it belongs. Like you could hear themes in Star Wars, the next Last Jedi, whatever, or the, uh, the Rise of Skywalker. It feels like it's going to belong. And I think that works perfectly. Yeah, you know, you could say, oh man, I wish they had some notes of, um, you know, the actual score. But I mean, I kind of like it being separate. The fact that it's kind of its own thing. There's no, like, huge overarching references to, like, Jedi or Force Awakens. So it's like, eh, okay, it's in that vacuum. It's its own thing. It's not relying upon you to remember that one sequence in Jedi or remember that one character. Yeah, there are some references and, you know, part of it is important, but even still, it's awesome. And I I don't like relying upon one word reviews, but awesome is the word I'd use. Every new episode, I'm like, ah, I need to watch that. It's not like some shows where I'm like, I'll let it get two, three episodes ahead, and then I'll get around to watching it. No, I'm all about it. I want to go watch every new episode. I want to watch it when I'm sitting there at work going, ooh, I'm going to watch this, and then later on watch it again with my wife. I watch it. I, I, I yeah, It's almost like, okay, I'll wait for you to watch it. I just want you to know how much this means to me that I'm waiting. <laughs> So, I, I think that if you're waiting to watch it, go ahead and start watching it. Um, if you're waiting for the whole series to be, the whole series first season to be out, that's perfectly okay. But don't skip it. Honestly, if you're a Star Wars person, or a Western person, or even like a samurai movie person, you need to watch this. I'm not going to go super into plot points or, you know, the little nitty gritty details, but this show is worth your time. If you have, you know, time to, while you're playing a game, you're grinding out crafting or grinding out your levels, load it up on a second monitor on your phone and watch it. I think that you'll find yourself focusing more on this show than whatever else you're doing. So I think that's really where it it, it shines. I think that it shines brightly in that zone. So, I think that that's actually where we're going to end for the day. So, until next week, I hope that you have a wonderful afternoon, evening, morning, whatever it is. 
I hope that it's pleasant, wonderful, and awesome. And remember, this is the way. Thanks, guys. And thank you to all of our listeners out there, because we really couldn't do it without you. We hope you enjoyed this week's Gaming and Chill podcast. If you'd like to know more about the podcast, follow us on social media, or learn how to support the podcast directly, check us out at www.gamingandchillpodcast.com. Also, be sure to stay up to date with Gaming and Chill by following us on Twitter at at gaming underscore in underscore chill. Yes, that is gaming underscore in as in Nancy underscore chill. You can also find links to the articles, games, and videos mentioned in this podcast in the description below. Thanks again for watching, and until next time. Bye.